Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. I'm one of your hosts, one of three in fact. I'm Jesse Case. I'm Matt Cushion. And I am Andy Wood. Look at that. That was natural. That was great. Yeah. The most natural. Yeah, we just felt it out, you know? That was fantastic. Yeah, so I guess let's just jump straight into our guest. So, so a friend of ours for all of us for many years. A Fr- Fresh off podcast. the soccer pitch, off a fresh loss. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's devastated because it's, it's his sport of choice. I'm, I'm sure of that. I know. I know that uh, just from doing his podcast a couple of days ago where he said at one point, convince me about soccer. Uh, it's Mike <laughs> Bridenstine. Hey, Mike. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah. Um, did you guys watch the game this morning? Yeah, I did. Oh, no. Who did we no. play? Uh, we played the Netherlands, but like all of them, like a single Netherlands right. we could beat. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's too many Netherlands. Together, yeah, but it was like a coalition of of the Netherlands. Um, we were totally unprepared. They were not in wooden shoes. Um, uh, yeah, yep. and just got our asses kicked. No windmills. So are we? I know we got out of that first round of four. Yeah, that's it. This is the knockout stage. So yeah, we're done. We're, we're done. out of there. Oh, all right. Well, this fun ball lasted. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I believe that we will win. <laughs> I come from behind yeah and that's the first it's weird because it was the um, this is like watching that game was the first news thing I'd seen in six months I do this thing every summer where I I um, all the way from like July until the new year I completely quit watching the news and just listen to Kanye uh. I uh, so I've just I've been doing that you know so then I you know can I, I say something about that? I, as a Chicagoan, <laughs> as a former Chicagoan, the Kanye thing is devastating. And on Wednesday, I did a show at the Fable, and people were talking about this dinner he'd had with the Holocaust denier. And in my head, I was picturing an evil professor, maybe some sort of Bond villain. Right. I looked this guy up, and he was born in 1998. Oh, my God. He's 24 years old. First of all, if this dude... Forget that he's a Nazi. If this dude was like, let me tell you about the show Seinfeld, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not going to listen to anybody tell me about history if they were conceived to fucking umbop. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know the age of the guy or the dinner thing or what. 24. Um, 24. It's not enough years. Yeah, you can't tell me about the 30s and 40s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, uh it's it's uh it's just fu- it's fully off the rails. It's gone fully off the rails. I mean, he's he's obviously very unwell and it's funny like everybody like uses or doesn't use that as an excuse whenever it fits or doesn't fit their their priors but like he's very unwell well he's I def- think, and he's, he's an def- anti-semite but he's I, very yeah. unwell. i think explanations and excuses are different you know right, uh, right. it's an explanation <laughs> maybe but it's not an it like you know uh there are several people with severe severe disorders oh, well, that don't, of course yeah of course but like it's but like mental illness is a disease of the mind and right. the things he's doing are <laughs> non-physical 
if if a mental illness doesn't affect you mentally, how does it affect you? So no, I, yeah, yeah. It, not everyone's going to become an anti-Semite. Um, and you know, there's probably a little bit of the in vino veritas thing, like Mel Gibson uh, getting drunk and then getting super anti-Semitic. It's like, well, it, I'm sure that unleashed a latent. Uh, anti-Semitism that was waiting there for us. What's an in vino, in vitro, what, what are we talking about? In, in, in wine truth. Oh. Like, oh, you interesting. Know, it's oh. a truth serum, sort of, you know. Yeah, as in, as in, like, as in had, wine, wine unlocks what was, what you were previously keeping on the DL. As a former drunk, I don't believe in that. I think okay. that, I think that I would brag the most about things I felt the most insecure about. You okay. would brag the most about what you feel most. You would. You go. You would. Um, I was a. Li- I was a liar. A wine liar. I was okay. a wine liar. Yeah. yeah. So whatever the Latin is for that. Sure. Whatever the Latin <laughs> mass is for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I, again, I'm not at all defending him. I'm just like he's he's very unwell and very anti-Semitic. Uh, it's it's fine. It's fine that he goes away now. But I hope he also gets some treatment. I hope Britney gets some treatment. Um, Britney seems like she's not doing that well either. Oh, what's going back, on with she, what's going on with Britney these days? Is she back at it? Well, no, she's just always naked on Instagram, and maybe that's just her living her best life. I don't know. It seems like uh, stuff's maybe not the best, but uh, not I don't uh, know what very the rules far less are. damaging than what's that? I don't know what the rules are. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. Right. I, I just don't want her to shave her head and get that umbrella back out. That was some scary yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't actually watched that conservatorship thing, but I'm like, everyone was saying this person is totally in control of her faculties. Okay. Well, that was like that was like a Tess Barker led movement. So I'm gonna, I like Tess, but I'm gonna like just kind of hold my breath on that. I'm getting on board. <laughs> was she actually a pivotal part of getting that? Yeah, going she like viral? helped start the whole thing. It's, no, yeah. really? She yeah. was like Caesar Chavez, dude. Oh my god. I am she... Brittany, sort of Spartacus stuff. She's in every documentary. Yeah, it's Tess really? and Babs Gray. Yeah, you know the people who led this movement. Oh my god. <laughs> Does she know to thank them? I don't know for sure, but I know that like one day I looked and Lady to Lady was like uh, a hot plug for another podcast was like number 3 on iTunes like for a podcast. And I was Holy like shit. and I was like, "Oh, good for them." It's insane how much that happens. Do you guys know that Lisa Curry is the one that overthrew Bolsonaro? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's nuts how many people we know. And you realize, you're like, this is good for Lisa Curry. This is crazy. Yeah, almost almost every major world event of the last five or six years has been (laughs) precipitated by people who've played Bridgetown. It's really (laughs) really weird. You know, the way that it's like, it's like you think these are going to be your biggest credits and then you change the needle of history. January 6th was started by Lizzie Cooperman. I know, I know. It was like a parody song and then everyone got all into it. If she's doing parody songs, I don't know what a parody song is. You know, there was a run on Casio's at Walmart's around the country as people stocked up for the attack. Yeah. Yeah, I if if your listeners want more very specific Los Angeles female comedians, we can keep going. But. Yes, we can. <laughs> I, th- um, I think all of them have done this podcast as well at one time or another. Yeah, everyone you just <laughs> listed, I'm pretty sure has done. You know what's interesting? Uh, because obviously, even the subject matter, this is a real sausage fest. Um, here's <laughs> an interesting thing. This is true. Uh, uh, I guess it was two months. It was an Oktoberfest thing. I went to an actual sausage fest. 
like a literal sausage fest and it was so so many women mainly women oh that's hilarious <laughs> it was the weirdest it was very uh <laughs> the rumors like, oh, okay. aren't true the rumors yeah. are not true the rumors are not true you've heard about this sausage fest but it's not uh it's mainly just like a brunch crowd thing you know Dude, that is hilarious that somebody there had to be sausage fests for that joke to exist and yet i don't know anyone who's been to one until right now yeah, I went to an actual, went to a literal sausage fest. Sausage there, fest. There's a, Nashville has a tomato fest that's like huge, like a huge deal. Like uh, people come from, I, I'd say all around the world, but I guess I mean international in the sense of like the Seattle comedy competition where it's like a guy from Canada also. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, there's a tomato fest here and sometimes like someone someone from El Salvador also is there with a booth. Um, what, but it's like a huge deal. Tell huge me about deal. this. What do they do there? Like what, why is it? There's, in- there's like tomato, like a, uh, like a tomato mud wrestling situation. There's um, <laughs> only with tomatoes and tomato juice and such. Uh, several bands play. There's tomato themed art. It's a whole thing, man. Are, are tomatoes are bands also tomato themed? Like this, yeah, yeah, they, they only play tomato songs. They only it's like Christian rock, but tomato rock. <laughs> yeah, like oh, so, so you're like you're driving through that area during that time, and you're listening to a song, and you're like, all right, this isn't the best music, but I can deal with it. And then you realize the person that's singing realize that to is actually tomatoes. Yep, it's, it's all like about tomatoes. Some of the sadder songs are about how they like um, sometimes fall from tomatoes and then get back to tomatoes. You know sure, what I mean? okay, yeah. Um, I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by one subject bands. Oh my god! I was at Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer Town, Joshua Tree. This band came on and they they go, "We're cowboy and Indian. We're from Long Beach, California. We sing songs about trains." Bounce down, 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 down. <laughs> and between oh every single song, they would say, "We're cowboy and Indian. We're from Long Beach, California. We sing songs about trains." And they play like the locomotion. Like they played uh, "Crazy Train" by Ozzy, and one time they oh, said, they covers they had covers of, of train songs. Yeah, and one time they go, "This song's not about trains." Just kidding. This song is about trains. It was the most amazing <laughs> night I'd ever. I was also like on everything, but it was like it was the most am- <laughs> amazing night ever at Pappy and Harriet. That like, band is the Spectrum Siblings. <laughs> uh, but what's the difference between that and like Christian rock or like Rage Against the Machine? It's like you guys don't have a single breakup song. Yeah, uh, not a is, single. This none is Rage for the Machine. That machine being trains. Trains. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, a Rage breakup song is an amazing concept. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. It's like you just out of the gate, you just limit yourselves. Like, nope, revolution, only revolution. <laughs> it's like, all right, wow. okay. I mean, that's cool. Uh, like, I'm into it, but uh, you know. This uh, this will not be the first time this band has been mentioned on this podcast, but there is an Australian band called The Beards who sing about having beards exclusively. <laughs> in my head, that's what ZZ Top was, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I just mean... Songs like- including, I'm in the mood for beards. You should consider having sex with a bearded man. And if your dad doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums. <laughs> that's that's hilarious wow so when i mean when do we decide though when a band is like to be taken seriously or a novelty band right when does it become an outsider art like oh now the hipsters are all embracing- right because i mean I, I i you know you could say that about system of a down but people are like no but that's serious stuff 
But like, well, I don't. I, it's like okay, but if if it was all just about tomatoes, right. you know, um, <laughs> ketchup. Gotta get me ketchup. Like, you know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that's really that, that's really that is the hypothetical that does silly. entirely change what the band is. <laughs> like it's just well, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I like just if mean... this band was completely different, it would be a novelty band. Ooh, right, right. Yes, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess I am uh, doing quite the straw man argument. I just think that <laughs> it's. <laughs> um, I just mean you're you're rolling the dice that people are going to be like, yes. We're very into that subject matter. What does System of a Down sing about? I guess I've not done like a lyric, like sticks in my head type of thing. Is it? That's a fair sad? point. I actually, for all I know, they could be singing mostly about tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, they sing about um, the prison system. Really? You know? They sing about yeah, yeah. It they're like they're, they're like a Rage with... Against the Machine type thing. But then, um, like the choruses are unrelated. So oh. then you can sort of be like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, like, um, so it'll, uh, their songs are, all their songs are the same, right? So their songs are like, um, here comes the muffin guy, here comes the muffin guy. And you're like, crazy, right? And then just extremely detailed, like, in 1963 in our Dallas promenade, JFK was murdered. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, there are a band where the song like changes in the middle of it. And you're like, go do that other thing. <laughs> sure. Or like it'll be like insane, like like hard, and then it'll be like everybody's going to a party, have a real good time. I'm like this is a different song, <laughs> totally, totally. But that's to that's to sweeten the deal before they get back into telling you about like the uh, CIA acid experiments or something. But now I like them more. Yeah, like if you just listen to their verses, they're just reading Wikipedia to you, and then the choruses are just like some other guy wrote it. God, I am, Paul, I am Paul Ryan lifting weights to Rage Against the Machine and not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> He's in an interview and he said he was their favorite. And people are like, yeah, I don't think that you know what you're saying. Here. Yeah, like you're Tom the Morello machine. told him to fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like that the old Onion headline, uh, a white man enjoys, comma, causes, blues. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a middle-aged executive who loves coming home from his job where he crushes people's spirits to listen to blues music. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. There is a, there's a lot of, like, a rich, middle-aged white guy blues enthusiasm. It's strange. <laughs> it's just, it, it just draws you at a certain age. You start... Which would be, it would be a great name for a band, what you just said. Yeah, middle-aged white guy blues enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point, I think you turn 50 and you just start going to see Joe Bonamassa. You start yeah, following him around yep. the country. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure he's a great guitarist, but it's one of those things I'm like, where did this guy come? How come people, everyone older than me, talks about this guy all the time? Like, yeah, you. as soon as you get that first AARP catalog, it's just like a, <laughs> uh, it comes with like Derek Trucks tickets. Right, right. You're like, all right. I mean, without, at the risk of alienating our blues fan audience, it is the most basic genre like literally basic like how how does it keep entertaining you when it could not be more samey it's the samiest of all the genres isn't that why people like it though is like it's, it's like a primary um, color it's called stripped down blues right like well, i guess there's different kinds of blues but still like structurally it's one of the more restrictive simple formats of music I, I mean, well, I wouldn't say it's any different than like house music or something. Oh, okay. Well, that shit sucks. But we know that sucks. Like, yeah. I mean, it's. I think some people like. It's like how 
you're limiting your options. You're right. like, okay, you oh. get these three instruments and you get these 12 bars. You get this chord progression. Show me what you can do. And I think it's it's within that. It's like a minimalist sort of thing. You ever seen like somebody take a song and like or like a chord or a beat and they just change the words that always goes viral or somebody will put like uptown girl next to like lmfao and it's the same song like you can do the music video like so a lot of rock music i think is and to my untrained ear a lot of like cumbia music sounds the exact same to me as cars drive by do you know what i'm saying like it just sounds (laughs) like a similar beat to me right because i don't know what, what i'm so maybe maybe to what the thing that we like the most sounds the exact same to somebody who who doesn't listen mm-hmm. to it as well. well but I, 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 I we can, really like, yeah. there's we can more... turn to the chapter specifically on this in our in recent guest Susan Rogers book. Yes, this is what it right, sounds like. Right. I mean, yeah. There's you know there there is the one five six four which has an entire Wikipedia page of thousands of songs that are those same four chords. So if you're right. If you're saying my genre is now one five six four, then you're being as restrictive as my genre is blues. And yes, all those songs are going to sound very similar in a mashup. So I hate all of those. I mean, not all of them. Let it be is a good song. So lonely is a good song. The rest are, are pretty much garbage. But you're not a don't stop believing guy. Is that one five six four? No, yeah. Oh yeah. You're not a. That's okay. I mean, whatever. Yes, there's always going to be a way you can still make. I a love good the thing Clintons. Within... <laughs> Who are they? They played that song for his campaign. Oh, God. Oh, I thought we were talking about, like, the Funkadelic. Uh... Yeah, I was trying to figure out which, which Clinton that is. Oh, wait. Uh, I, um, I, I just... Uh, wrong song, we get, wrong We should song, get onto the science in a second. But sure. We should. Pretty soon, but... Um, I, I misgoogled. I, I, I looked up the Wikipedia page. I've accidentally instead got the, the year 1564 in music, uh, which was... The big year. Big year. Big year for music. Uh, Try Roman had, numerals instead, and you'll get the right... Uh... Yeah, they had uh, Claude Jean's... 10 suoms for David for four voices. Uh, Ooh. Giovanni. Uh, well, he's the first one to do Nova's four voices. Second three... book of magicals. Was that? Well, he was the first one to take it to four voices. It was kind right, of like yeah. the spinal tap turning to 11 thing. They always did three voices for David. Well, and... well G- Giovanni Domenico's second book of magicals is for five voices. So it really it escalated quickly. By the mm. way, by the way, no, not, you know, everyone was expecting the difficult second book of magicals. But he really followed through on that first one. Like, he really stepped it forward another level. So, um, well done. Mm -hmm. Well done there to Giovanni. Absolutely. We're huge Giovanni fans around here. His um, his 1566 sort of shit is, you know, when he, like, brought in sitar and stuff, it got a little weird. But he he (laughs) pulled it back. Um, It's a lot of loot stuff back then. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of loot stuff. It is interesting how, like... um, Back, I guess, like in the Middle Ages, you know, the equivalent of like the Beatles going to India and like um, getting into Ravi Shankar and stuff would be like a, a village over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you'd, be like, you'd just bring back like a hurdy gurdy and everybody, and it would be like, that's like your acid phase. Everyone's like, what the fuck? You know, 10, 10 miles up the road or whatever. <laughs> no, man, they had like Marco Polo and he came back with like pasta and they were like, we should base our entire culture on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pasta sure. and tomatoes to bring it full circle. Is, That's it, true. Italy did not have tomatoes until they brought it back from the Americas, f- and now you think of exclusively their food as being like pasta Wait, and tomato based. Famously real? from yeah. Tennessee, they're from Tennessee. Yeah, there were what? no there were no tomatoes in uh, Italy. It's not native to Italy. There were no horses in in America, which is like 
fucking crazy. You think about our whole the whole history. It's everyone's on horse horses, mm-hmm. but it was like uh, took forever to get some horses over here. Well, that's like part of the. I, I'll confess, I, I think I stopped reading at the almond chapter, but uh, guns, germs, and steel. That's a big part of it. It's just lucking yeah. out in having animals that are even domesticatable near you because like so much of africa didn't even have tomatoes and and pasta and horses and hurdy-gurdies all equally surprising (laughs) yeah Yeah, well i mean (laughs) come over well i mean and hurdy-gurdies well we all we all remember it was a big deal when uh, gawain went gurdy like everyone was furious. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Judas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, we'll, we all remember, of course, that the the French, when they started trying to explore, they they famously tried to domesticate the Komodo dragon, and uh, it almost ruined their culture. You know, and you got to go horse. I've always said that. Got to go horse, baby. Got to go horse, babe. Got to go horse. <laughs> if you can go elephant, pretty fucking good. Hannibal. Hannibal. No, yes. Oh, Get him over there. Um, Hannibal. So I. Yeah. Like, right, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say I, a sciencey thing. Well, I was going to ask Mike before we got into stories what his background in science was. There you go. And what, if anything, is your background in science? We like to ask our guests this, and that's ranged from classes you liked or hated or took in school to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's it's a anytime that there's a show on TV that discusses science, I watch it. Because it is lit, like it's the part of my brain that just doesn't work. It's the dumbest part about me, and there's a lot of dumb things about me. I go blank. I can't like someone tells me it, and it blows my mind. And so that's I I like uh, so in school it was a copy off somebody's paper type of situation. I liked anatomy and physiology, and I was very interested in a physics physics class. But my brain can't handle that math or anything to do with it. So I was like an art major and I like history. But the science stuff has always been interesting, but a weakness for me, for sure. Yeah, totally reasonable. By the way, I want to go uh, match this up against we have had you on before. So I'm curious if uh, if your story changed, if it changed, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire over this. We we have had you on the podcast before, right? Uh, yeah, but it yeah. was one of those days that I must have been lying a lot, if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> we also had you on a lost episode, our like third, second or third episode. That's what I'm recording. talking about. Yeah, I got. I don't I think up... we've ever had Mike back on the show back like, since I, the I lost think... episode. Yeah, I drank a bottle of like whiskey on that show and yelled at Brooks Whelan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, the sound quality was awful, so we couldn't use it. So it was a... <laughs> saved by the bad <laughs> audio. I mean, have you not you, come on if, since then? That was ten years ago. That's crazy. If you haven't, I thought you had. I haven't. No. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well then. Yeah. I, I know. It's one of those bonkers ones where just like good friends to everyone on the podcast, including former host Brooks, and just yeah, never happened. I think I've done your show at least three or four times in the <laughs> interim. That's Hunk with Mike Bridenstine, by the way. Great show. Yes. Oh yes. yes let's yes. throw a link down the show notes to check out Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. There's a yes. there's a video version as well, and the last episode, the most recent episode I was on, and had a had a very good time. It was a lot yes. of fun. Excellent. Yes. Well, uh, do we want to jump into some stories, guys? Hey, let's let's jump. Let's take a dive. Let's do it. As a new scientist article saying a two-dose HIV vaccine generated antibodies against the virus in 35 out of 36 people with no That's severe side effects. Pretty amazing. It's an yeah. early stage trial. Yeah, so. it's it's really good. It's it's um, 
You know, when I when I worked for the uh, the when I put in the time at the COVID vaccine thing, working on that. Um, I say working on that, like I had sure. a microscope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but working for those trials, um, everyone in the hospital that was working on that, the whole research center was previously on HIV research and it's sort of like every, it was like an all hands on deck for COVID. Um, but it was all like HIV researchers and they were so excited about like the new stuff happening. Uh, these new studies, like especially the two shot and they're like, yeah, yeah it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Cause like some of those doctors would be like, how long have you been working on an HIV vaccine? And they're like, since, since 1987, wow. you know? So it's just, you just like your job is just failure you know right they're like, they're like yeah but it's gonna happen like they're like it will happen it isn't like a 100 percent. it is sort of a binary thing that's it's not like you you come up with one that's like 25 percent effective then it becomes 30 percent effective it's like it's really hard to vaccinate against because it like hiv like a a single viral packet of hiv like in your body as soon as it hits your blood within an hour that HIV within you has mutated more than COVID has mutated like around the whole world this whole time. As in yeah. then what, whatever you might also give to somebody else is now that variation? Yeah, like HI HIV mutates incredibly fast. Not, not parts that make it like completely novel every time, but it's really hard to target with a vaccine. Because like, you know, with COVID, it's like this is the shape of the spike, you know, let's we're going to create antibodies for that um but hiv it's it's like hiv is almost like a i i don't i say this in a in a very negative way but it's almost like a perfect virus uh-huh you know it's uh it's so evasive why do you love it so much yeah why don't you marry it mm. it's like mm. neo in the matrix yeah yeah it's it's just like it's a it's a fucking nightmare of a virus but um, but haven't we been pretty effective? Uh, like I have friends who take prep and say that that is like yeah, yeah very very effective as a prophylaxis, which I know is not the same thing as a vaccine. But um, that's a pretty amazing leap forward already. That of course, no, I think I think that's a uh, it's amazing. But like, that's that, something I mean, you have to keep taking. I think right. That's not like a one and done like a vaccine. That's right, and and it targets it in a different way. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, um, just an original like, you know, let's say when you're getting your vaccines as like a toddler, an HIV vaccine would be a, a game changer. Yeah. yeah. So 35 out of 36. So 97 percent. They induced broadly neutralizing antibody precursors in them, according to researchers from Scripps Research, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center and the National Institutes of Health. Uh, so antibodies are proteins that are made by the immune system to help fight infections and broadly neutralizing antibodies are known to neutralize many genetic variants of HIV, as you were referring to, uh, but they've been difficult to elicit by vaccination. Learning how to induce broadly neutralizing antibodies against pathogens with high antigenic diversity, such as HIV, influenza, hepatitis C, or the family of beta coronaviruses, represents a grand challenge for rational vaccine design. The researchers wrote, germline targeting vaccine design offers one potential strategy to meet this challenge. Yeah. So the EOD GTA 60 MER <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Vaccine mm -hmm. candidate is germline targeting, meaning it was designed to indu induce the production of broadly neutralizing antibodies by targeting and stimulating the right antibody producing cells. 
So they started uh, phase one of this trial in 2018 to evaluate the safety of all those letters and numbers. And uh, the trial included a total of 48 healthy adults aged 15 to 80 who were enrolled at two sites, uh, George Washington University and Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center in Seattle. Among those participants, 18 received a 20 microgram dose. Eight weeks later, a same size dose with an adjuvant. 18 received a 100 microgram dose. And eight weeks later, a same size dose vaccine I, with adjuvant. I believe, adjuvant? I, I, I adjuvant. believe that is uh, something that increases the efficacy of a vaccine. Uh, yeah, well, Adju- an adjuvant. 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 Uh, an adjuvant helps it helps your cells like so that you know they inject it into the blood uh a lot of like vaccines don't have you have to add an adjuvant which is which is a way that your blood cells like basically think it's food you know okay chum chum, chum in the waters sort of yeah or else it would just bounce around off the other cells and nothing would happen you know like a catalyst it, it, of sorts, kind of? Not yeah, kind and of. some adjuvants are actually physical. Like um, in early HIV vaccine trials, they would electrocute like your arm. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would give you a shot and then just sort of like stun gun your arm to try to, to, try to break down like the cell barrier so it could enter. Um, it's fucked up, man. So I, yeah, like I, need, uh, I need you three for every like COVID vaccine uh, conver- argument I've ever been in because I don't know how any of this stuff and so I need you guys just to be behind me being and, and explain it to the person I'm t- for my family that I'm talking to. I think you just need Jesse. I don't want to speak for Matt, but I I have learned I have learned surprisingly little little about viruses in the last three years. You'd think we'd spend some of this downtime. It's because like I think across the board, life sciences are kind of not like math. Matt, Matt and I are more maths oriented and and sort of physics and things like that and less life science and I've learned so little about how viruses work. It's just a black box to me. Have any of you not gotten COVID? I have not gotten it, and I'm starting to, to think that I'm like a special boy. <laughs> it's mm. possible you're a special boy. Yeah, I think you're a special, you're a special boy. <laughs> Thank you. All, all of us, uh, all three of us have had it. Yeah. Mm. And Andy, yeah. I believe, twice. Twice, baby, yeah. Yeah. And we also, all three of us have our cold sores right now. We all get cold sores this <laughs> like week. Spinal, uh, spinal tap style. Yeah, yeah. Just the whole band at once. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Looks like I'm out of commission for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so 18 of those groups were divided into 18 and 18 that had different dosages. Then a 12 of them received a saline placebo. They collected and analyzed immune cells, and um, they found no serious adverse events among the study participants, and no participants acquired HIV infection during the study. About 97%, or all but one, of the 48 participants reported local or systemic adverse events that were generally mild. Okay. Uh, After the first immunization, all vaccine recipients, but no placebo recipients, were found to produce antibodies. And uh, those vaccine-induced responses increased after the second vaccination. So, yeah, it looks like, yeah, of those 36 who actually got a dose, 35 produced. And I think the unknown is still, even though there are the antibodies, it's not a guarantee that that means you are protected forever, right? Correct. Trying to skim ahead here. Yeah, and it's also, it's not, there's no way to guarantee you would have gotten HIV, Right. Like they, they can't they're not going to give you of course it, like they they recruit high risk people 
Those are like the ideal oh, vaccine okay. candidates. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that. I was like, this child seems like the craziest thing I've ever heard. But how could you, how else could you design? I mean, and you're not gonna ask anybody who's high risk is hopefully also using prep. So like, you're not gonna get that. You know, yeah, if you, if you had the if you had the like magic, like Malcolm Gladwell just did a, an episode a while back about what did he call it? Just if you could have your dream experiment on anything, ethics be damned. You know, what would you do? So, you know, if you could actually be, okay, now we have to inject all of you with HIV to see which of you. I mean, how, we've done, we've worked. done stuff like that. We yeah. have, but, but it's uh, not since the seventies. There's the, the Belmont report. It was like, it's, it's like the most illegal thing you can do now is, is uh, like Tuskegee type shit. Right. So right. you have to just, you, you kind of dog whistle it. You recruit people that are very high risk. Like the, the COVID vaccines, it was all healthcare workers. Those were the because it's like, yeah, you guys are in protective gear all day, but like every day you're around it for 12 hours in the ICU, you're going to fucking be around it. So they recruit like what hot people? Yeah, they recruit <laughs> they recruit just like some some. Yeah, just hot, hot zaddies. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're like we're, they put up ads that like we're looking for some beefy zaddies and then we're looking, we're looking for some real fuckable people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Do you like to fuck? <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah. I've, 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 I've answered those ads before, and uh, they're always a disappointment. Hey, man, mm. I could see it. Is that what happens if I click on hot single moms in my area? Yeah, it's clinical trial. signed up for clinical trials. That's <laughs> exact. A lot of yeah. people don't know that, but okay. that's how it's done. Yep. Awesome. yep. And what is with these MILFs getting stuck in dryers lately? <laughs> you know, I go down to Home Depot and I'm like, I'm, it's like a real epidemic happening. These hot MILFs are always getting stuck in dryers. And, I, and I'll be down at Home Depot and I'm, I ask, like, is this um, safe? Is this MILF safe? Right. Do you have you a know? Does this one come with a MILF shield? And it's always like, that's extra. That's with like the, um, you know, the, the performance package. Oh, right. MILF shield. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it says it's, here you guys build me for MILF shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went there. <laughs> you don't want to get a MILF stuck in your dryer. You, you don't want. No. It's a, every week we have to go clear out corpses of MILFs stuck in dryers. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> to be clear, they're only stuck halfway in, but it's still dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. Oh man. <laughs> um quick quick go go to the uh to the mailbox uh because we've had some by the way a bunch of people have emailed and tweeted at us uh showing that we were their top Spotify picks and other roundups of the year and thank you very much everyone who's been listening to our show. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, very yeah, cool. And, and also people who just uh, sometimes you, we uh, also get like nice emails from you and I want you to know that they have been read and they have been appreciated so thank you uh, people like Not that. Not by me. I want you guys to know that I no longer have access to the email. I haven't in years We've, oh. and they don't forward me things. <laughs> well, but it, I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> it's all nice except for the person completely Complaining about my plosives, but I put a windscreen back on the mic. So hopefully that. I hope you're happy now. No, I guess thank you for the sort of constructive criticism. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also well, it's uh, always we a pleasure doing the website. Probably science. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. We finally got the website fixed so that uh, the, the the SSL certificate is fixed for anyone who is getting error messages coming to a website. It's done. Look at us sorting stuff out at the end Can, of the year. Is this too dull? Is this probably science, sort of? This is I'm, maybe the dullest point. 
Um, well, I want to hey, hear what the actual problem. I don't because we both tried to do various things with like the hosting. You know, I, I don't know where 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 that SSL Squarespace thing actually sits. changed their DNS settings, and we had to do that, and then had to wait for it to propagate, and then it still didn't work, and then I had to speak to Squarespace support, and they did something at the back end to to manually reset the certificate, and oh, it and now it works. It wasn't the actual like domain registry company no it was it, it was both of those things both the things hey i had to change um, something on the registration and then change something with squarespace and and it's Either fixed way, now it's very now exciting when we, yeah now when we tweet links to episodes it doesn't look like we're trying to trick you into buying a milf laden dryer <laughs> <laughs> yeah it no longer gives uh, like chrome no longer screams w- warning in big red letters at you when right. you try to visit our podcast website uh but um uh, Christopher Cooper sent in this it's just a little little chart uh, just as a follow up to our Susan Rogers episode um, which again uh, listen back to that one for and, and get the book if you want to know more about why some people like blues and some people like very very complex music but um, Christopher sent this chart that is the, the percentage of Billboard Hot 100 number one hits with a key change the graph over time and uh there, there's been, yeah, there's been a, a steady. I'm gonna say, um, the key changes has really fallen out of fashion in the last two decades. Yeah. Now this you know, is mine. Says tax rate for billionaires on mine. Is that? It is. I wonder if you could put the two graphs next to each other and see, like, if there's a. I'm correlation. just saying they uh, look like the same chart to me. Is there is there a Twitter account? Am I making this up, or this seems like it should exist? Of like spurious correlations. There is there is a there yeah. is that account. Yeah, so I it's, love stuff like that. I can't remember whether it's Twitter or Instagram or maybe both, but yes, yeah, so, or there is, there is some kind of uh, collection online of people who've found strange correlations between. They're definitely not causally linked, but are funny to look at together. Like, yeah, or, or it, could yeah, exactly. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to no, look at this chart and see that like uh, it the the meatloaf slash it's all coming back to me now peak <laughs> of key changes 1971 <laughs> uh, that's the same writer as um, Jim Jim Steinman yeah yeah in fact I bet yeah you look at the peak in 71 and then look at the peak in 96 when he had that Celine Dion one it's all coming back to me now mm-hmm. yeah probably a similar the, yeah the, it peaked at like it never got above forty percent, but it was in the thirties a couple times in the last sixty years. Here. Um, Tyler Tyler Vegan, by the way, uh, is the guy who runs the website and now has a book out as well of spurious correlations, oh, including uh, number of people who drowned by falling into a pool correlates with films Nicolas Cage appears in. <laughs> <laughs> number. I'm sure that died. this gets. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say. What were you going to say? I'm sure it gets old, like page five. But in the meantime, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I think it's very much it's it's a bathroom reader, isn't it? It's very much a toilet book. Like you just, I don't think it's something that you take on long train journeys to really dig into. (laughs) Like this this week, I read this is probably like old news and boring to you. I read that the the moon is both 400 times smaller than the sun and exactly 400 times closer than the sun, which makes it fit exactly over top of it in a an eclipse and scientists have no idea why that happens it's just a crazy coincidence and i read that and i was like that's amazing and this is the only time i've ever been able to bring that up so that's, that's <laughs> it's it's insane that like uh 
not that long ago, they just had like no idea how far away the moon was. You just be like, man, that thing could be fucking massive, like way back, <laughs> like, you know, or like it's extremely small. It's, it's a baseball 20 feet away. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just no way but to get up there. You have to go quite a way back. Hang on. I, I'm trying to, when would they have measured the moon or first worked out the distance to the moon? First, I would guess we've what? known for like a, a good estimate. I'm guessing we've known for like 300 years. I'm going to guess. If longer, you think? I don't know. I mean, I, in astronomy, I, don't history where is the history of that i've always wondered why there's no flat mooners there's flat earthers like why why is um no one thinking that it maybe just sits up there like a clock like where are they where are these people right How come, where's my Kyrie irving for flat moon you ever buy a moon pie cookie you ever buy one huh is it <laughs> spherical no it wouldn't be a cookie think about it well, that, be that a cookie. Would, there would actually be a good argument for that because it doesn't because it's in tidal locks we only, only see one side so like that is a more plausible theory than that any planets are flat because other planets, not that we can really see them in any detail, but they wrote, like there was a TikTok that went viral of, of somebody asking a flat earther, like, what about, what about other planets? I think all planets are flat. And then he goes, well, it's complicated. Then it cuts to the TikTok sound effect as the clip ends. Yeah. What do they think? I don't know. I'm sure they haven't really thought through that part of it yet, but yeah, I mean, the, they they don't think. That's the whole. That's the I whole mean, thing. In, it's like in it fairness to flat earthers, it looks pretty flat from where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. That's true. And yeah, it's a but, fun thing to troll. I get how it's fun if you. Don't I actually think it believe started it, it, like, it like most things. It starts as a troll, and then it gets real. It's like you now you have like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene who actually believes like the an election was stolen when it started as like a a lie or you know. Right. Um, right. Like, I just think if, to me, like, if you're like, you can't prove anything more than the shape of the fucking planet has been proven. You can't, <laughs> like, like, you can't prove that anymore. So, so if you don't accept burden of proof, there's no way to win that argument with anyone. Like, you can't. You well, can't convince it, them that they live on a round planet. There's no way. You've already it, lost. But it's kind of one of the first. It's the closest to being something you can directly, directly observe without literally being able to easily directly observe it, but it's only one step away from it. So if you can't make that leap, then you really can't make any leaps of faith to to follow other scientific discoveries that haven't been directly observed by you. Okay, so I parked next to the birds aren't real van one time <laughs> yeah. when I went to a Lakers game, and I didn't know what this was until I think Andy told me what this was on my podcast. Uh, is that going to be a thing since it started as a joke and, and that's how these things start? I think that one's too too uh, obviously – I mean it is fun, but it's very obviously set up as a joke from the start. And it's not that much fun to get really into it as a person who likes to go crazy or something, you know? Yeah. Like Elon has cited it as funny, which means it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Stop being funny as soon as he did that. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that one's going to get legs the way that uh, Flat Earth has, but maybe. Hmm. Um, I'm ready for it if it happens. Oh, by the way, so, I think this... Go, oh, go ahead. No, what, I, I was going to say... So your, your guess for the first accurate moon measurement was... I was guessing 300 years ago. I don't know. Okay. Any Any other guesses? I th I mean, it's going to depend on the culture, isn't it? Like, I'm sure some cultures it was 3,000 years ago, and then some it was like 
still haven't figured it out. So I, I don't know. What is accurate? Is accurate within like within 100% of its like size or distance? In Mesoamerican America, one man made a calculation and wrote it down. It's probably one of those things, right? Uh, it's um, a, a pretty accurate measurement from Hipparchus of, uh, of Greece. What? Uh, in uh, around 150 BC. Okay. Right. I mean, we burned a lot of books. We did. <laughs> we did. We yeah. burned, like, all of the books. Yeah, but also, like, we're always going to imagine there were all these secrets. Like, you know the Library of Alexandria was mainly full of just, like, manga porn. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a hot take. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was like, so the, yeah, the I mean, Library of Alexandria mostly filled with how to f- eat pussy books. <laughs> right. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's important, and we, but we act like we'd have teleportation by now. And it's like, dude... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot. But, so his calculation of the mean distance to the moon, he, he worked out at around six, an average of around 61 Earth radiuses, which I just worked out is about 243,000 miles. The mean distance to the Earth is actually 238,900. Oh, he was really wow. wow. I mean, that's, that's, I would say that's definitely... That's it, yeah. That's as close as you could... I mean that's and also it varies in distance as well because it's an elliptical orbit. So that's pretty that's pretty damn good for uh, ancient Greece for doing over it over two thousand years. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty good ancient Greece. Yeah, he, nice work. Not too he shabby. Mostly used parallax to do it, but assuming that the sun didn't move. Okay, um, okay. I'm trying to think of how I would even start that. No, no with, idea. With the Earth moving, parallax. By the way, parallax is basically. Like, you know the way if you fix on something in the distance and then look at something in the foreground and then cover your right eye and then cover your left eye, the thing in the foreground moves a lot more relative to the thing in the distance. I'm left eye dominant. I, f- I found that out over Thanksgiving. Oh. Did mm. you find that out at an archery course? <laughs> I went to the eye doctor. Thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, I, thought, I thought you found it out doing a TLC song at karaoke. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you must not like that band very much anymore. Yeah. It really I learned it though. I learned it leading an insurrection with the Oath Keepers. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Cooperman. Um, she hit the wrong key on that Cassie. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, things like parallax to discover that you really need an open mind. You know how else you can get an open mind, you guys? How's that? I know, I know you, Jesse. You can, I... you can lick a toad. You could lick a toad and start tripping. Okay. Oh. Yeah, you could do that. But not not good if you need nutrition. You know what I mean? Sure. If you want to yeah. eat, the, I mean, it's, it's probably bad for you if, that's, if you have to do it. Um, did, did you guys know that uh, in Australia, bin chickens have learned how to wash poisonous cane toads? Bin chickens. I love everything about this. Well, it's earned the moniker bin chicken for its propensity to scavenge food from anywhere it can, uh, messily raiding garbage and often stealing food right out of people's hands. But the native bird may have figured out how to overhaul its bad reputation. And that bird is an ibis. Oh, an ibis. It's called a bin chicken, yes, but it's an, it's an ibis. Very, it's a, a very crane-like wow. uh, bird. Um, it's developed an ingenious method of eating one of the only animals Australians hate more, the cane toad, which is a toxic and pervasive pest. We saw a bunch of them when we were over there. Yeah, that's it's really... 
It's really something. They've, they've uh, taken over. Well, they were first introduced to Australia in the 1930s. They have no natural predators in the country and have wrought havoc on native animal populations. The toad's skin contains venom, which it releases when threatened, causing most animals that come into contact with it to die quickly of a heart attack. Hence, Emily Vincent's surprise when members of the community started sending her pictures and videos of Ibis playing, quote, with the amphibians. Now, she runs an invasive species program um, at the environmental charity Watergum and says the behavior has been reported up and down Australia's east coast. Ibis were flipping the toads about, throwing them in the <laughs> air, and people just wondered what on earth they were doing, she told the BBC. And uh, after that, they'd always wipe the toads in the wet grass, or they would go down to a water source nearby and they would rinse the toads out. <laughs> She believes it's evidence of a stress wash and repeat method that the birds have developed to rid the toads of their toxins before swallowing them whole. Oh my god! It That's really amazing. is quite amusing. The problem, I mean, and you have to do that. You have to wash them like that because it, when you dry them, a lot of times they'll get stuck in the dryer. These milk, sure. these hot yeah. toads. <laughs> um, and you don't want a shrunken toad either. No, you no, don't want that. No, no you don't. No, you got to get the toad shield. Yeah. Uh, it isn't the first time birds have been spotted eating cane toads, says uh, Macquarie University professor Rick Shine. They seem to be less susceptible to the poison than other animals like snakes, mammals, or crocodiles. Hmm. A weird choice. Snakes, mammals, or crocodiles. So he went with two reptiles mm -hmm. and then threw mammals in its own fucking group. Hmm. Uh, they, uh, it says they can still die from too much of it and it tastes awful. So as the species spread across Australia, birds like hawks and crows rather quickly figured out how to eat around the poison glands on their shoulder. They would flip the toads on their back and rip out their insides, leaving the glands untouched. But this is the first time Professor Shrine, who's studied toads for 20 years, has heard of birds using a method like this to eat them whole. Ibis Dugan unfair reputation, but this demonstrates that these are clever birds. They've actually forced the cane toad to get rid of the toxin itself. They haven't had to mutilate it in any way. Hmm. So it's so, the stress of wow. being tossed around that makes it go like, okay, toxin, 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 and now I'm spent. Yeah, but then I guess they're, they also give it a little wipe down. Right. But then what's the, the, the pre, the, the spin cycle part of it is to get it to like expel its toxin. I suppose. That? Yeah. It um, doesn't actually explicitly. So it's kind of like juicing it. Right. And then and then washing it off and then juicing it again and washing it off. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I wonder if it's uh evolutionary thing or if it's, you know, monkeys ibis see, ibis do kind of thing. Like That's my thought. Like how do you inherently know to do this? Like why well, why why wasn't the moon distance passed down to us? But th these birds can just wash these toads, you know? Yeah. I mean? Well no but nobody burned down the bird library of the <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows the knowledge that's been maintained by the birds yeah by the way it says their their breeding capacity the toads is such that for every female cane toad that's removed from the environment it prevents up to seventy thousand new cane toads each you know year. them cane toads be fucking <laughs> oh, thank you thank you <laughs> that's what we're trying to say that is the that's what thesis of this yeah, episode they fucking out there they fucking yep i mean or they have a lot of tadpoles or whatever they do. Yeah, I guess, or, or the generations are very short, all, all the above. All of the above, yeah. 70,000 a year. Uh, no, I wow. think they fuck 70,000 times. <laughs> yeah, it's they one have to one, one child, like a mammal. They have a baby, a yeah. baby toad. And that's, they just can't stop.
I don't think they have a lot of kids. I think they fuck that I many think times. They fuck that many times. Kane tells me fucking. Why don't we have a listener who just makes T-shirts for us whenever we have a. Make me a MILF shield and I'll wear that one too. <laughs> I, um, I, I got a targeted ad like uh, that. It was I it cracked me up so much. I got this targeted ad and it was for some shirt from from, you know, like T public or one of those shirt sites. And it just says, I have uh, explosive diarrhea and a boner. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, Awesome. Awesome yeah, shirt. Are you? Yeah. I know it's two years past its born on date, but a COVID mask that says MILF shield is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys follow good shirts on Instagram? No. No. I follow shirts that go hard on Twitter. Oh, okay. Probably the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, I'm, I'm a huge yeah. fan of like really bad truck stop, very specific shirts. And I'm glad they're starting to get parodied. Yeah, this good shirts is a great mix of like, okay, how many of these were made intentionally to be sort of ironic, and how many are just and how many are like broken English things, like a fair number of that. Oh man, you're reminding me of the genre of Walmart shirt in the early '90s that kids would have in middle school. I'm 43, so that's so middle school. They would just say like, not. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, just not. <laughs> yeah. Or like whenever, whenever the, Wayne's World was, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever the current catchphrase was would just be on a shirt that they're like, I don't know, kids say this. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, also, th this shirt has a fair number of those things that are like targeted Facebook ads for a very specific like paragraph of text where every line is a different font, like. The Lord made something special when people who were born in April and love Harley oh Davidson's and are married to a military wife and live in Tennessee and have birthdays in April who you, you don't fuck with. And then it's like Garfield in sunglasses with his arms crossed or something. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, Sorry. I think a, a good t-shirt should be an agent of chaos. Yeah. It should be confusing. And <laughs> You ever wear a shirt that has specific thing on it and you forget you're wearing it and people start talking to you about the shirt and you don't know what they're... Has that ever happened to anybody? Yes. Yeah. But I sometimes this is this was such a bummer to me. Uh, I was at like a show, but I mean, not really a show. It was like a singer-songwriter round thing um, a few weeks ago. And there was a guy who had a shirt on that said, Sergeant Tools. And on the back, it, it said, like, uh, if it's not on the handle, it's not a sergeant. And it had a picture of this wrench. So a as you guys know, because I'm a very, very cool guy who makes very good sure. financial decisions, I used to repair typewriters. And typewriter repair... <laughs> So type, type you know what? But Jesse, I sold ads into the yellow pages. We should start something. Yeah, yeah. We should start an obsolete, a who gives a fuck job. So so um, typewriter repair tools are obviously no longer made. You can still get typewriters, but you can't get new typewriter repair tools, and they're really hard to track down because they're very specific, like keyring remover tools, and you know carriage adjustment tools and shit. Yeah, so, I think my buggy whip guy was selling some. If you yeah, know. yeah. So there are all these obsolete <laughs> tool brands uh, like uh, Drusk and Crescent and Sargent is one where Sargent makes a big, they used to make, they're no longer around, they used to make a big line of, of typewriter tools. So anyway, my point is, I go up to this guy who's wearing, a, no one has ever known what this guy's fucking shirt is. There's no way. 
And and I go, oh man, a, a Sergeant Crescent wrench. That's great. I used to repair typewriters, man. I, that's that's an awesome shirt. And he goes, uh, okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was just like, uh, and it just, I was just like, uh, I was like, how did he? I felt worse for him. Uh, you know what I mean? Like like it's the most specific weird. Okay. okay. <laughs> and he probably just the, got it at a thrift store. I don't know. The exact same thing happened to me, except a man said to me. What you know about Austin 316? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is that? <laughs> That's the Louis C.K. Awesome Possum story, but way better. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so you you saw a guy in an Austin 316 show? No, a man said that to me, and I was in my 40s, and uh, he, and I, just my favorite thing anyone's ever said to me. And I looked at him and I go, I know a lot about it. Wow. Yeah. But you were saying too much for a man in my position. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Austin three sixty. It's a pro wrestling reference, anyway. right? But you sorry, were in sorry. like From a the stone, 90s. you were like in a Stone Cold shirt or something. Yes, yes I was. Yeah, you're. I had. For, yes, I forgot, and I was wearing it. Yeah, yeah I just you wasn't were, expecting somebody to question my knowledge. I sure. look like I know exactly what that is. You were. You were at a party <laughs> doing the. You were at a party doing the two armed suck it to everyone that walked by. (laughs) Fun story. Very fun story for you. So at my wedding, which was in Pioneertown, I I got married at Rimrock Ranch and Mike Burns, uh, comedian Mike Burns, gave the best man speech. And he said, if you're down with Mike and Victoria, give me an aw, hell yeah. And the crowd... The crowd, the the people there went, oh, hell yeah, because it's a call and response. You don't need to know what wrestling is. Yeah. Then a very intoxicated friend of the show whose initials are Brooks Whelan came up to the microphone <laughs> and grabbed it. And he goes, if you're not down with Mike and Vicky, I got two words for you. And he points to his crotch and he goes, suck, suck it. it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. No one knows what that is. Right. <laughs> So he just told everyone at my wedding to suck his dick. And people are like, what was that? And I'm like, I don't. It was a well-intended. So Brooks told everyone at my wedding in a microphone to suck his dick. Sure. Yeah. This, this sounds Un- this unscheduled like speaker. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that tracks with the uh, yeah. yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Brooks has always assumed that everyone else knows all of his references. So like. Uh, you know, whether it's like a, a his Anthony Kiedis tattoo or like 90s wrestling <laughs> shit, you know, like yeah. he just assumes everyone has the same pop culture knowledge <laughs> and confidently goes forward with it. And I've always respected that. Was respected. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Generation X was a pretty big cultural thing, like in 1998 or whatever. But this, I got married in 2015, so <laughs> yeah. Wait, could you could you just for. Obviously, I know it, but for the listener, uh, Degeneration <laughs> X is Austin plus somebody else? No, what? it was Shawn Michaels, Triple H. They were the main two. And then there okay. was China, famous pornogra- sure. pornographic star China. There was sometimes X-Pac. There was uh, uh, the the badass Billy Gunn and the road dog Jesse James. There was, <laughs> at, at various times, Ravishing Rick Rude, R.I.P., was in it. And, but, yeah, never a stone cold. He, These, and, the, he would actually, you call- Go ahead. Would you call this a caucus of wrestlers? What is this collection called? They don't. They would have loved to have okay. called that. But I, they would call it a stable, I guess. A, a stable. stable, okay. Yeah. So, so you know what's uh, interesting is, uh, uh, so you know, Paris Hilton, there was a sex tape, right? Sure. Um, 
and it came out, and this was back uh, when you could not get high-quality streaming anything. You'd, be able, you'd buy the DVD at a porn store if you wanted to see it. That's sure, we all watch Pam and Tommy. We know how this uh, Yeah, you know went. how it works. You go to a, Rent it at a hotel, my friend. You could do that, but you could go, go down to the porn store. And uh, it was called A Night in Paris, right? And then China, the wrestler. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. China, <laughs> China the wrestler. Uh, the same company came out with a night in China with her with her sex tape, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember going, and there was a there was a third one that was just called a night in Lauren, which I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like it doesn't. The whole thing is that it's geography right. names, and then they they just like didn't know. It's like they, they accidentally awesome. made the joke. It's okay. a great. Yeah. It, it, so there was, was a, it's like, it's there like was cargo a, cult porn films. <laughs> yeah. There was there was a documentary called Being Ron Jeremy, and this I did a I did a stand up show in Iowa, and it was like a bunch of comics from Chicago, including Kumail Nanjiani, went to Iowa, and this woman who was like she made her own porn and gave it to people, gave us one called Being in Ron Jeremy, as like a parody where she. <laughs> tracks down Ron Jeremy and attempts to have sex with him. First of all, she wasn't in Ron Jeremy. Unless she is. is that, that's not what she was doing, though. She wasn't no. trying to... Okay. He was in her, right, so right. it, doesn't, it doesn't work as a thing. Yeah. And then <laughs> we watched it, and like legitimately, the whole thing is them having a conversation, and then it goes like VHS camera fuzzy, and they're like, there's like a thing that scrolls across the camera that says the battery went out. <laughs> and that's the DVD. <laughs> so do not spend your hard-earned money on being in Ron Jeremy. Yeah, if you're if you're ever at a swap meet in Iowa, yeah, don't. Uh, hmm. Ron Jeremy, went, I think he's now spending the remainder of his days behind bars. Correct? Yeah, he's in prison. Yeah, yeah. Yes, how about how about we do one more science story Let's to cleanse it. ourselves of this sure. Ron Jeremy crap? Uh, sure. Uh, chat and then we uh and then maybe one extra story for the patreon patrons but it sounds like a plan I, I think this was a pretty big science story that a a mysterious and incredibly intense blast of visible light that came towards earth came from a black hole that is pointing straight at us say astronomers so this this discovery marks the first such event that these scientists have ever set uh have ever said as well as what yeah, is what this translated from a different language? This 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 discovery marks the furthest such event, the furthest such event that scientists have ever said. Said? Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the whoever wrote this for the Independent banged it out in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, as well as being the first time that astronomers have detected one using visible light, the latter was only possible because the jet is pointing almost directly at Earth. When stars get too close to a black hole, they are torn to shreds and the blast can be detected through the universe. That's known as a tidal disruption event, or TDE, and in about 1% of cases, they send plasma and radiation out of each side of the black hole. These rare events are known as jetted TDEs, and they've been likened to grabbing a toothpaste tube and having material spurt out of either end. That's not how toothpaste tubes work. They only have a hole in one end. <laughs> Someone needs to tell these scientists. This All right, boffins. killing it. <laughs> You have an what, experience. What, shoot, what shoots out of both ends? Tooth, toothpaste. Toothpaste. <laughs> Had another TDE, honey. Uh, toothpaste dispersal event. Yep. Isn't yep. is that how you guys use your toothpaste? You file off both ends. And then you, I just squeeze it as hard as I can in the, in the middle. 
with the cap closed and see where it comes out. <laughs> mm. It shoots out of both ends like you ate expired raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much better title description of it. <laughs> So, as part of the efforts to better understand them, scientists watch the sky for signs of the event in the hope that they can turn advanced telescopes towards them when they happen. In February that happened, astronomers saw an intriguing blast of visible light that led scientists to turn off some of the world's most advanced telescopes, or turn some of the- turn off- turn some of the world's most advanced telescopes towards its source. The light appeared to give off more light- again. The light appeared to give off more light. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened to Dependent? Oh. Yeah. Oh, is... just a, also the Independence <laughs> website as well. Just it, I, it used to be a printed newspaper, and then it went to just a website, and now it's like a website that has more pop-ups than like a Russian torrent site. It's, <laughs> it's bus- like... busier than CNBC during a tornado warning, as some other comics yeah. said back in the nineties or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I go, read something of the Independent, it does feel like I'm trying to. You know, oh, I guess uh, the Independent. Too. The Independent was uh, recently hacked by an eighth grader who was printing his reports uh, for in science class on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, the light appeared to give off the light appeared to give off more light. I think it's meant to say the black hole appeared to give off more sure, light right. than a hundred a thousand trillion suns. Well, and, and cam quadrillion. And cam, <laughs> and cam out of a part of the sky. What happened? Oh, Nobody. Independent. Independent. It's this cam out of a part of the sky. How did this no light yeah, been observed it's, a shit, before. it's a shit article, but why are they putting a, a thousand trillion? A thousand of something <laughs> yeah, changes that's, it. That's a, a quadrillion. That that's a, a quadrillion. quadrillion. It's a quadrillion. Quadrillion. Yeah. Yeah, but do they think that sounds unbelievable? Like a made up like a gazillion, like a gazillion right. maybe, suns. Maybe trillion. We know what a trillion is. You know, Kanye lost a thousand millions in one day, I guess, the other day. Mm-hmm. He lost a billion dollars? That's what they said. Really? Can't be a Nazi like he used to, yeah. In in what form was that loss? How was I that? It was the, the Adidas thing, right? When the Adidas, Adidas him? yeah. It was a billion yeah. dollar deal? I guess so. I don't, I don't know. Crazy when that a company... Bill- and when the other one lose... is he forgot his bank password, so... <laughs> Yeah, right. when people lose a billion dollars in a day, it's like, what is this? What, I know, that's like, like four pairs of Yeezys. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's also hilarious that it's literally, I mean, there's no company whose name is the name of the Nazi who founded it, <laughs> like like Adidas is, you know? <laughs> right. Adolf wow. Dossler, a Nazi, started Adidas. Is that true? Yeah. The Dossler Adolf. brothers... The Dossler Adolf brothers. Dossler is yeah, a Nazi. Ad, he went by Adi, but he's Adolf. Yeah. The Dossler brothers started Adidas and Puma in the same town as a great. Don't do omnibus. not riff. Do not riff this bit and have me go repeat this out in the world. No, it's true. You can listen no, to it. Is, it is but, true. But it's also the omnibus like, episode about that town. It was called the town of bent necks because everyone would look down at everyone's feet to see what allegiance you were if you were Puma or Adidas because it was these two competing companies started by brothers in this one German town, both of whom were. I mean, they disavowed Nazism, but they both both were. Nazis in like the 30s or 40s or whatever. It's wow. weird how many people like uh, had like. It's not like Adolf was the only Adolf. Like, uh, and then you just you're stuck with just this fucking away. name. Yeah. They dropped the they dropped the A, and so you'll never hear a real Adolf, but you'll every now and then you'll get a Dolph. You'll get a Dolph, but sure. everyone it's it's like you can't have that mustache anymore. They ruined a whole mustache. That was the working class mustache. That was like the yeah, Chaplin. It's a, it's a very popular mustache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, 
I, I mean, it'll come back at some point. Like I'm sure Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan tried, Michael Jordan it tried but it didn't, no, it didn't work. He tried, you know, but like at some point, I mean, I'm sure after like Vlad the Impaler, people didn't have that mustache. <laughs> well, for... Yeah. There were no more the Impalers no. after that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I mean, if you were an Impaler, you'd have to, you would change yeah. it up. Oh God, I'm Tony the Impaler, and now this is the name is. I hate this. Yeah, this guy, this other, this other asshole. Have there uh, been other names that have been ruined? Like, there's not. Pro- I heard that there's not no Italian Benitos. Oh, mm. interesting. Yeah, who else besides Adolf and Benito? Who else has gotten? A- I'm guessing there aren't going to be a lot of Kanyes for a minute, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you guys think Putin? You think you think Vladimir will? No, it's I think Vladimir is too common. Name. And his his name's Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. It's it's oh, a it's Ronald Chris McDonald ass name. Yeah. Chris Christopherson, Christopher yeah. Cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Amazing. it. Amazing. All right, so, so there was this yeah this bl- the this title, blast that cam yeah. this cam this hundred thousand. So yeah, what, this this came out of the black hole <laughs> and the jet pop probably formed when the black hole suddenly started eating a nearby star, shooting energy across the universe and right at us. They found it was coming from incredibly far away and further away than any other similar event. The light that had reached Earth started on its journey across space when the universe was about a third of the age it is now. But it was so unusually bright and visible because the jet is pointing right at us, meaning it's more intense than usual and can be seen over a broader part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, I, I still can't believe a, a quadrillion suns. That, that seems uh, somehow impossible. I don't know. I don't know, like, the sun's not that big in star terms, and black holes are very, very big. Right, yeah, I guess that's one of those things, like, you shouldn't expect your intuition to uh You take that back about it. the sun. <laughs> it's fine. It's a pretty good star. That's <laughs> all we got, baby. That's all we got. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the brightest thing that we know that will blind you if you stare at it, it's hard to think, you know. I mean, it, it would boggle the mind to, to think of... It, it because it's like it doesn't uh you know it's like sounds above above 20 kilohertz like you can picture it sort of but you can't really it's like when you'd go to another school and they also had hot chicks but you'd never seen these before so they were somehow <laughs> even hotter than your hottest chicks they've got like a different, a by different a thousand tri- of- by a quadrillion times hotter which like you yeah. don't even know how to yeah it was like that. And when their TDEs are pointed right at you, it really makes it even more... Mm-hmm. It's coming out of two ends like a toothpaste <laughs> tube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, where can our listeners find you? I have an album coming out on December 16th from a special thing, Records. I, uh, uh, Instagram, I will put my link tree on that so you can purchase it. I would love it if you purchase my second stand-up comedy album. Thank you. Lovely. Yeah, do it. Do Lovely. it. Get on that, and and also watch watch or listen to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Yes, yes. Uh, special guests include all of you, but Jesse, who is invited to do it whenever he would like. Okay. Do, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, He's the hunkiest. Yeah, you never invited me. I mean, but uh, you know, I'll do it now. You're invited, baby. I is it, when I when I saw that I was going to be doing this, I was very excited. Sure. No, I'm an exciting guy. I really brighten up a room. <laughs> You know what I mean? Everyone's pleased all the time around me to see me. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, heavy lies the crown, Mike. True, true, true. Uh, 
you can find us as always on the on the probablyscience.com website which will no longer s- send up an error message uh hopefully yes say that's a fresh certificate certified fresh. yeah you will find all of the links to the stories we cover and also you'll find our donation pages our paypal and also our patreon link and there'll be a bonus story after this for the patreon patrons our email address is probablyscience at gmail.com for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. You can also find us on Twitter at probablyscience, individually at Annie T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at McCursion. And go and follow Mike Bridenstine and get his album when it comes out. And listeners, we will see you next time. Oh, oh wait, one more plug, sorry. Also, if you're in LA on the 10th, that's Saturday, December 10th, come on oh, out to Permanent Records it, Roadhouse for Bring Your Own Tribute Band Night if you want to see me front a, a strokes tribute band called this is it a tribute to the first strokes album a three song set and then maybe playing trombone in a ska version of a huey lewis cover band we'll see nice Very it is cool. a fun night is a bringer and tribute band is a fun night cool. i think i think uh drunkenly to i don't, were you still there when i when drunkenly brian cook and i uh i said oh we should do the wiggles and brian's like we will do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, why hasn't it happened yet you got a week uh, is that the thing where I saw the video of uh, Bronger and uh, uh, Baron Vaughn doing Millie Vanilli, or is that something else? Well, that's a similar thing Brian and I do called Guilty Treasure, where it's, I, I guess it's maybe too similar, but it, it, we have comics on, and they pick a song they're embarrassed to love, and then we talk to them about it, and then the band plays it, but it's not I did. I did like not one. know that Bronger and Baron did Millie Vanilli, though. That's great. It's on it's my Instagram pretty if fun. you want to. It's pretty great. They, they even did a little choreographed Dance, dance that they didn't break out till halfway through the song i was like oh this is fucking great yeah. <laughs> oh fantastic uh, all right get get on that and listeners we will see you next time yep bye bye bye, bye.